this your show. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. As we launch into another show full of fun and excitement, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Start things out tonight with a security state update. How about that? In fact, we'll go first to the TSA and the airports, and then we'll check in with the borders. Uh, but first, let's talk about the airports. Je- uh, Becky Akers at LouRockwell.com has sort of been following the travails of the TSA, the uh, just the madness at the airports and how police state third world it is at the uh, this country's airports, and uh, you know the absurdities of the TSA and all the awful things they've done. In fact, uh, you know, I had that story about the woman who was forced to remove her nipple ring. That was kind of big news, I guess. or It was news that we missed on this show about uh, the well, TSA. We didn't miss it. It just didn't make the air. Well, that's true. It didn't make the air. But maybe it will tonight. First, though, Becky reports that initial reports... And this, by the way, from LouRockwell.com. Initial reports made it sound as though April 1st was the day the Transportation Security Administration had so eagerly awaited. Airport screeners finally caught a live, real, honest-to-goodness terrorist at Orlando International with what they called materials that could have been used for an explosive device in his bag. Now, those materials... Now, this is what we're paying these guys for. That's right. That's right. Those materials weren't the TSA's usual trophies either of excess baby food, veterans' commemorative lighters. No, here were two galvanized pipes, end caps, two small containers carrying BBs, batteries, two containers with an unknown liquid, and bomb-making literature. Finally. There you go. Vindication. The uh, the $40 billion that the TSA has sucked from taxpayers' pockets since 2001, as well as seven years of uh, warrantless searches and frustrated passengers, were suddenly justified. Even better, screeners detected the bomber thanks to one of the TSA's most anti-constitutional and controversial programs, Behavior Detection, a.k.a. SPOT, SPOT, Screening Passengers by Observation Techniques. Now, finally, SPOT 2 has been validated. Alas, later reports chipped away at the victory. Turns out the terrorist, Mr. Kevin Brown, had packed the... Kevin Brown, okay. He had packed the materials in his checked bag, not his carry-on. Okay. So he had all the materials to make, like, a little uh, bomb. But he couldn't get to them because they're in his checked luggage. Right. Air Jamaica, Kevin's carrier, hastened to assure customers that the items could not have caused an explosion, and the aircraft and its passengers were never at risk. Talk about taking the wind out of the TSA's sails. Further depl- uh, deflating those jibs was Kevin himself. He first told authorities he wanted to uh, he wanted to detonate the materials on a tree stump in Jamaica. Now that's harmless enough, so naturally the story changed. Kevin later said he was going to show his friends in his home country how to build explosives. How many alternative ter- interrogation techniques did the new and improved confession require? Far from a terrorist, Kevin is one of those sad, injured folks on which our neoconservative rulers in general and the TSA in particular prey. He's a U.S. Army veteran who was never the same after his deployment to Iraq. Mm. Kevin's been in and out of hospitals with a history of mental illness. His mother's murder in 2005 didn't help. The lawyer representing the family in the murder case considers Kevin a bit unstable. He says, I think the mother's death would have been on his mind. It's easy to see why. Kevin was a baby when his father died, so his mother raised him and his brother on her own. And she was the breadwinner for the family, the attorney added. She was always there for them. 
I suppose Kevin should count his blessings that he's merely in jail now instead of murdered himself. The TSA doesn't usually deal gently with depressed, distraught people. But Kevin's tragedies don't shame the TSA from its crude crowing. You would think that screeners had bagged Osama himself with the latest technology instead of the hocus-pocus they call spot. Now, spot sends screeners into concourses to spy on passengers. You might have heard that they were doing this. Yes. Those who... Uh, those whose comportment doesn't meet the TSA's top-secret definition of normal are pulled aside and interrogated. Yep, this is as abusive and arbitrary as it sounds, though the TSA pretends that it's science. Spot combines the police state <laughs> tactics Israel uses in its airports with micro-expressions, looks we supposedly flash in about one one-thirtieth of a, or excuse me, one-thirtieth of a second. To reveal our innermost thoughts. I saw that uh, I, I saw that uh, technology uh, being used at the OJ trial. They were um, somebody was uh, you know uh, looking at the the different witnesses and trying to come up with uh, whether they were lying or telling the truth by these uh, micro expressions. I don't know. Did did it work? How how are you gonna know? I mean, it was the OJ trial. <laughs> you know, do you think we got the highest truth out of the OJ criminal trial? No, I guess not. There you go. Uh, Paul Ekman, a professor at the University of California in San Francisco, claims to have discovered micro-expressions decades ago when he and a buddy sat around making faces at one another, photographing themselves, and then studying the pictures. Now, if you think that sounds like a couple of grad students who'd swilled their fair share of beer... <laughs> That's what I was thinking. ...you've got more sense than, than the TSA. Meanwhile, even researchers at the TSA's parent bureaucracy, the Department of Homeland Security, admit that the SPOT program is unproven and potentially ineffectual. <laughs> That's great. The manager of its project... But it's American taxpayers, so we don't care. The uh, the manager of the Project Hostile Intent, Larry Willis himself, says, we're trying to establish whether there is something to detect. Ekman himself pretty much established that there isn't when spotters under his guidance at Boston's Logan International saved us from another 9-11. The man in the cheap brown jacket stood slumped in line, staring at the ground. This is from one of their reports. His hands were fidgety reaching repeatedly into his inside jacket pocket, or patting it from the outside. Ekman sagely suggested that repeated patting of the chest might mean that a bomb is strapped too tightly under a person's jacket. It might mean that. <laughs> I suppose it might just mean that. While terrorists often <laughs> manifest a slumped posture, sure enough... Terrorists are slumped, now we know. Sure enough, when Ekman and his acolytes accosted the man, he promptly confessed. He was on the way to the funeral of his brother, who died unexpectedly. That was the reason for the bowed head. The frequent chest padding was to reassure himself that he had his boarding pass. Of course. I mean, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the place that you would be checking for those things. I do that. I, I know I've done that a number of times when I've been uh, in an airport, just to make sure I didn't put it somewhere or put it down or leave it somewhere I didn't expect to, uh, to leave it. And just you touch your pockets, make sure things are there. Anyway, neither Dr. Ekman or the TSA see anything wrong with a country in which governments harass grieving people. Spotters have been spying on passengers since January of 2006, and as of September of 2007, they'd fingered 43,000 of the approximately 1.3 billion people who'd taken to the skies in that period. They called the cops on 3,100 of those 43,000 victims, with 278 of those 3,100 people arrested for guns, drugs, fake ID, or immigration issues. None of them for terrorism. Spot's rate of success, if we're judging by that number of arrests, is 0.000002%. 
And that sinks even further to 0% if we're picky enough to demand that the arrest actually be for terrorism. Spot clearly fails at finding terrorists in favor of simply detaining folks. Fortunately for passengers, it isn't even good at that. According to Barry Steinhardt of the ACLU, it doesn't seem like a lot of arrests, given how easy it is to arrest someone. Meanwhile, critics contend that any random sweep of 43,000 passengers might have turned up as many so-called criminals. There's always a reason why you're exhibiting that behavior that catches our attention, opines one of the TSA spotters. Maybe it's just because you're having problems at home. Actually... <laughs> It's because we're having problems with a totalitarian government, says Becky. I do like Becky Akers. She does a good job. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So I thought the, there for a minute that the TSA had actually caught uh, themselves a, a genuine terrorist. No, sorry about that. It's been how long now? What, six years? Yeah. Something like that? You know, even they if got the, nothing. Even if the terrorists are out there, the TSA is is not likely to catch them. They miss, I don't know, um, it, it, depending on the reports you read, but I, I've seen as high as 80% of guns, knives, and bombs that, uh, that their own red team tries to slip through. I, I, if you bring that down to say they, they catch two-thirds of them, just say that you just, – just go crazy and say they catch two-thirds. That means one-third of terrorists gets through. So send in nine guys, and you got a whole team. Yeah. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. That is the SACL CAI toll free line coming up. Mark, you're going to tell us about the latest on the border fence. They're still trying to build that thing down there. It's the law. We'll uh, we'll get to that and also take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. Take control of the airwaves toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, those features include the archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, just go and get them for free right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. Sickle CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Sickle knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's Sickle CAI. 800-259-9231. So let's travel down to the border, Mark, and get the latest on this border fence they're trying to build for whatever reason, because they think that it's going to keep people out of the country. What is going on down there? Well, securing the nation's border, this is from the New York Times, um, securing the nation's border is so important, Congress says, that Michael Chertoff, the Homeland Security Secretary, must have the power to ignore any laws that stand in the way of building a border fence, any laws at all. Last week, Mr. Chertoff issued waivers suspending more than 30 laws he said could interfere with the <laughs> expeditious construction of barriers in Arizona, California, New Mexico, and Texas. The list included laws protecting the environment, screw the environment, endangered species, kill them all, migratory birds, hack their little heads off, feed them to the Border Patrol agents, the bald eagle, the, 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 you know, the most egregious of all of those little endangered birds, the, the bald eagle, um, 
antiquities, farms, deserts, forests, American, uh, Native American graves, and religious freedoms. All of them. Wow. Screw it. The, security of home, uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security has, was granted the power in 2005 to void any federal law that might interfere with fence building on the border. For good measure, Congress forbade the courts to second-guess the Secretary's determination. So long as Mr. Chertoff is willing to say it's necessary to avoid a given law, his word is final. Damn. Final. Here in the United States of America, the you know the Secretary of Homeland Security has final say. One Screw man. your court system. Yep. Forget the appellate courts. <laughs> All those rights you've got, nothing. This Mr. Chertoff says so. That's amazing. The delegation of power to Mr. Chertoff is unprecedented, according to a report from the Congressional Research Service. Yeah, I guess so. It is also if papers, um, it is all it is also if papers filed in the Supreme Court last month are correct unconstitutional. Oh, t- we've already seen the other laws don't matter. Well, why gave would the Constitution the power, why, 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 I mean, why can't they give him the power of the Supreme Court? Yeah. People can disagree about the urgency of border security and about whether it's more or less important than, say, the environment. Congress is entrusted with making those judgments, and here it is spoken clearly. In the process, it is also granted the executive branch more of the uh, short, um, um, enough, uh, more of the sort of unilateral power the Bush administration has also uh, has often claimed for itself. No one doubts that Congress may repeal old laws through new legislation, but there's a difference between passing a law that overrides a previous one and tinkering with the structure of the Constitution itself. The extraordinary <laughs> powers granted to Mr. Chertoff may test the limits of how much of its own authority Congress may cede to another branch of the government. I don't really see how any limits will be tested. I mean, they've already made new progress in that particular realm. They've already destroyed the old barriers at this point. The, the limits are gone. Uh, this is just more evidence of that. When you've got this government structure that they originally set up with the intention that they would all sort of be uh, the, the, the three different factions, the judicial and legislative mm-hmm. and edu- uh, executive branches, would all be sort of duking it out with each other to try to keep government as small as possible. Right. That was the, the original, <laughs> it was the original concept, at least. I don't, know if, I don't know if the founders knew that it was nonsense. Maybe they did. Maybe it was all just a big sham. I, I don't think they did. I don't really know. They probably didn't realize uh, you know, the, how far people in search of power would go. But uh, what we end up having now, instead of three branches fighting it out to keep the government small, what we have is three branches branches of government just patting each other on the back. What's that? You need some power there? Okay. Hey, no problem. We'll just shovel it over to you. No problem at all. Mr. Executive, you've just you're in charge now. You know what, what who are we? We're just Congress. We're just the little people. Here you go. Take it take it all. Just do whatever you want. That's what they're talking about here. And is anyone surprised? Is anyone hearing this particular news and shocked by this? I can't imagine. I mean, if you've paid attention over the last decade, then you certainly shouldn't be shocked. Uh, The government has continued to increase its power over our lives. In this case, the government now, uh, one branch, increasing its, uh, its power over other branches of government with the consent of the other branches of government. Right. Now, so here's the sentence that, to me, is most telling. The extraordinary powers granted to Mr. Chertoff may test the limits of how much of its own authority Congress concede to another branch of the government. Where in the Constitution does it say that Congress concede any of its authority to any other branch of the government? Well, apparently it doesn't explicitly prohibit it. I, I, 
It sort of says that uh, anything, um, it, it, it says in the Tenth Amendment that anything not expressly uh, mentioned in this Constitution shall be uh, granted to the states of the people, uh, respectively. Right. But so that therefore, mean it would be can't... the people who therefore get to decide whether or not Congress can... Well, the people have elected these people, Mark. See, it's a representative republic. The people have elected the congressmen, and the congressmen decided to give up their power to the executive branch. See? Our, See, our, uh, isn't democracy wonderful? Our republic is it, it, it's destroyed. <laughs> There's, you know, it is no longer what it was meant to be. I'm sorry, it is a sick perversion of itself. It's, uh, yeah, it's really amazing just watching all this happen. What's the next step going to be? What are they going to do next? Here's what uh, Mr. Chert. I mean, I've got the the article here. Do you want to continue it? Oh, go ahead. Uh, Mr. Chertoff explained the reasoning behind the law in a news release last week. Criminal activity at the border, he said, does not stop for endless debate or protracted litigation. We need to move, and we need to move now. So they're using, you know, this allegation yeah, that it's expeditious to hand the power over to one man. But isn't it expeditious to hand all power over to the president? Shouldn't we just elect a king every four years? Wouldn't that be more expeditious? This is the it, old really, excuse. You know, the as far as expeditious goes, shouldn't we elect a king for a decade or two? Yeah, I mean, if shouldn't you can... George Bush just pass it on to whomever he chooses? Well, isn't that really what's been going on, Mark? I mean, look at the last several decades in America. You've got a Bush, you've got a Clinton, you've got a Bush. Before that, Bush was a vice president. And coming up next, you could have another Clinton. I don't, I, I, maybe, um, I don't think that that in and of itself is... I mean, talk about a royal family. I don't think... It, they that, hang around with one another. That, president, the that's former, not good enough to me, but former okay. Bill, uh, former President Clinton hangs out with former President Bush. They're buddy-buddy. So, really, I mean, you, you, might, you, you almost have a royal family there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say about that. If but, the choices uh, are Bush and Clinton... In two th- let's say Hillary runs again in 2012 and Jeb runs for office and it's a Bush and Clinton choice. <laughs> what? They're going to do the same things. We know that. They're going to make government bigger and more intrusive and more oppressive. So what does it matter who's in charge? Well, I can tell you that the Constitution of the United States of America lays out explicitly what the powers of Congress are. And one of those powers is not to cede or delegate its power to some other um, branch of government. Well, and they've done it this anyway. This is wrong. Well, what can you do about it, Mark? Nothing. That's right. Is all I can do is uh, advocate for secession. That's all we can do at this point. I advocate for the secession of New Hampshire. If not New Hampshire, for the secession of uh, Cheshire County. If not Cheshire County, for the secession of of Keene. And if not Keene, at least my little plot of land. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just head on over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. How much do you spend on a cup of coffee? 
JustPlainJoe.com offers over 60 different flavors of roasted to order from gourmet Arabica coffee beans in whole bean or ground at just $7.99 a 12-ounce package. It's roasted fresh to order. JustPlainJoe.com. Most orders are delivered within three business days via UPS. If you buy five packages, you can shave on, save on shipping. That's JustPlainJoe.com. We go to the phone calls unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This is a collect call placed from a Texas State Correctional Facility from inmate. Hey, it's Sam. They're coming to get me. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> to accept this call, press or say one. One. Please hang up. Hello? 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 <laughs> What's up, guys? You okay, Sam? <laughs> you didn't think I was actually in jail, did you? Well, well I, I kind of wondered. <laughs> that, was pretty, that was pretty special, man. How did you get that audio? Did you, like, generate it yourself with some sort of audio Go, generator? Type, I typed in uh, text-to-speech in AT&T Labs. has a little thing where you can type in, and it'll computer-generate the voice. Nice. Nice. Pretty cool. So you're not so in I, jail. I, obviously, and... I made it through my uh, court date yesterday and didn't end up... Going to jail. Was that and ever really a chance? And... Was there was there a chance of that? <laughs> uh, the judge got a little red-faced. I'll tell you about that. It, it went pretty smoothly, though, overall. So you were going to try uh, sort of questioning the legitimacy of the, the court system entirely right there in the court while you were what, – what was this? What, what uh, huge infraction was this? Jaywalking? Speeding. Speeding I ticket. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, what happened, I showed up. There was no rights for the judge or anything. He was already in there handling cases, and they were just having people walk right up. It's, you didn't even go to the table or sit down or anything. Um, well, that's because they're used so to that, – that's because they want to save time. They're used to people just taking a plea or paying the fine or whatever it is. Most of the people there probably weren't going to uh, contest anything, right? Yeah, most of the people are there going up to see what the judge is going to tell them their options are, and then they'll pick from the options they're given mm-hmm. is, is really what happens. Um, so I went up, and he's like, yes. And I said, uh, you know, I, I want to plead guilty. Get out of here. I got this plea. Uh, but I researched it, and I read to him from the plea. Uh, it says that I, I have to um, intelligently, knowingly, and voluntarily, uh, with a clear understanding of the nature of the charge against me and the uh, penalties levied for the offense, that I have to understand all this, so I have a few questions. Okay. And, and he said, okay, go ahead. So then I asked, you know, am I entitled to a uh, to a fair hearing? He said, oh, of course you are. Am I entitled to a meaningful hearing? He said, yes. But then we get to the next question. I said, what are the consequences, if any, uh, if, if you don't give me a fair and meaningful hearing? He said, well, I'm not sure. So then I, I looked and I said out loud as I wrote, not sure. And then he goes, oh, wait, I guess you could appeal. You could appeal. So then we go down and... We get to the section on corpus delecti. So this is the one that says there has to be a body of evidence, there has to be uh, a criminal agency, and all of these things required to have a crime. I thought that I thought and, the, uh, corpus delecti was body of evidence and someone to accuse you of the crime, right? Or someone yeah, who was a so victim. I'm, someone who was a victim, right? A victim and the body of evidence that ties it all together. Okay. So. He questioned. He said he agrees right outright that it's the body of evidence. And I ask about, you know, is there does there have to be a victim? Da 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 da. And we're kind of going in circles. So I read him the citation in the script that I got from Mark Emery, except it's from a Mark California Supreme Court, right? Which has no bearing in Texas. <laughs> so the judge smacked me on that one pretty good. 
and brought it up two or three times later, you know, saying, well, if you're going to be reading stuff that's not even relevant to this court, you know, these questions are frivolous. You know, use that sort of uh, attack because of that mistake. Okay. Um, so we're going through the questions. The next one that we get to, uh, is there any allegations of injury? And he said, well, there's no victim. And I asked the question again, and he, all he would say is there's that no there's no victim. victim. Mm-hmm. Well, where's so, the crime? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. See, they, they, uh, it's, it's trying to play law with the lawyers. It is tough to play in their sandbox. Exactly. That's the thing. If, you're, if you've never done something like this, it's going to be really hard to just go in and, and uh, stand up to these guys because they do this every day. It's you know, like calling in the first time to debate something with you guys on the uh, government. It's going to be tough. You know, I was thinking, and you may have more to your story, but just as an aside, I was thinking about uh, the different techniques that people advocate, because there are different uh, people out there advocating that people do different things when they're in court. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark Stevens is one of them, and I love his approach, uh, adventuresinlegalland.com is his website, and that's what you were attempting to to try down there in Texas. Uh, But I also like the approach of the guys over at thinkfree.ca, which is uh, a Canadian group of activists that has basically come to the conclusion that they never agreed in the you know they never agreed in the first place to to play by all these rules and so that's sort of the position that they would take however i don't know if that would work for you sam because you probably have a texas driver's license and they could claim that you agreed to all of their rules by the fact that you went and got their driver's license so that yeah i would agree i i've read a lot of robert menard's stuff and uh, I think some of it will definitely apply, and I look forward to digging into it more. But right now, I'm still kind of entrenched in the system, so to speak. Right. Now, one could make the argument that you never actually got into a legitimate agreement when it came to the driver's license because you couldn't possibly have known all of the things you were agreeing to, and so therefore it probably wasn't a legitimate contract. But that's a little bit more, I think, a difficult point to make. Yeah, and I think the average person is going to say, oh, that's ridiculous. So. Well, the average person uh, okay. is going to say, we need driver's licenses. Yeah, you got it. So one of the other questions I asked that, um, from Mark's perspective, I think would be a definite no, is would you enforce your orders and judgments, or I'm sorry, would your orders and judgments be valid if I didn't get a fair hearing? And he said yes, and he said that because, you know, if he closes a court case and later it gets overturned, his orders are still valid until the case is won, is overturned on appeal. Right. Hmm. So, you know, there's a definitely a difference uh, come from in both of the uh, – in what Mark Stevens has done and what the courts are uh, accepting as reality. And then eventually, though, there were a few spots where the judge's face got red and, you know, he tried to pawn me off on the prosecutor to ask my questions to the prosecutor before I went through my setup questions, and I said I couldn't do that. And, you know, the earlier questions are going to establish which questions I ask later. So then, you know, I, I eventually got the two of them together. And, I mean, the prosecutor was looking at me like, how dare you come into this courtroom and ask these <laughs> questions? He did. He's like, boy, who, what are you doing? That was, that was just the look on his face. Well, um, you know, the fact is uh, you aren't a lawyer, and so you do have the right to understand the proceedings that are going on in there, and that's all you're really doing is you're just asking questions about the uh, the whole setup. The they whole don't deal. want questions asked. Right. Well, they just yeah. want you to be obedient. And the Supreme Court says that it's the judge's duty, really, to hold your hand through the process and make sure 
but I understand things. Now, I was reading off one of these questions, and I was mispronouncing a word, uh, stumbling on it a little bit, and I looked up in the middle of that, and the judge is rolling his eyes looking up at the ceiling. I'm thinking, yeah, he's probably not not doing that for me. Um, the, the one question I asked that I thought was really interesting is this one. Is everything on this ticket true and correct? Hmm. And they said, well, that's a question for the officer who was not there. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the one reason I was in court to begin with? Uh, because you were speeding? Allegedly. Well, yeah, but just because I, I to face your accuser? speed according oh. to the government speed limits all the time, but I'm not required to go to court. What makes me go to court? Because you're caught. And then what do they do? Uh, let you face your accuser? They, they write up a complaint, a ticket. Okay. <laughs> so the ticket is the one piece of evidence or the one complaint, uh, factual claim that says this person violated the law. Now I asked, is everything on the one piece of evidence true and correct? And they said they didn't know. Hmm. And the one person who wrote it wasn't there. Well, if and he's they not there, then shouldn't the case have gotten thrown out? Hang on, you can answer that in a moment. More on the way with Sam. You can take control as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. freetalklive.com. You like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go shopping with us at the Free Talk Live store. Get all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise including T-shirts, hats, and hoodies. We've got more than that as well, including a DVD classic archive collector sets and the Free Talk Live lighter bottle opener combo. That way you can smoke and drink with the help of Free Talk Live. Head on over. And what better thing could there be for a libertarian show, right? I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. Head on over to store.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Sam in Texas. Sam, you got a speeding ticket recently in Texas, and you decided to take it to court. Now this was this a trial because you mentioned that you were in there and you asked the you asked a bunch of questions which they didn't want you to ask which is kind of an interesting technique where you just go in and you just ask question after question to kind of box the judge in uh, to a position where he'd he'd rather not be but as you were asking some of these questions you asked the question of well is everything on this uh, ticket true and correct and they said they didn't know that you'd have to ask the police officer that. But he wasn't there. Was this actually a trial, or was this some sort of preliminary hearing? This is a pre-trial hearing, is what they called it. I see. Right, um, and I believe that the sole purpose of this this, this hearing, I, I've been to one of these myself, is to... Plead, plead guilty? Right, or? You, you know, people are told, hell, just take the ticket to trial, because the cop usually doesn't show up. I think that they had too much of that going on, so they set up this additional hearing. So that uh, you'd be like, you'd have shot your wad and sort of be like, I don't want to come back down here and try mm-hmm. to find a parking space downtown and deal with <laughs> these jerks and, you know, all that stuff. And, and you'd just, uh, you know, take whatever it is that they offered. I, it, when I took my ticket, they uh, they offered me half price, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, now in the legal sense, it's established to, to allow lawyers to file motions before the court begins, before the trial begins. Uh, it's also for the uh, a defendant to review the prosecutor's case and the facts about the case. So the one fact in this case is the ticket. And they're saying that they don't know if everything on it is true or correct, hmm. and I can't even find out until we go to trial. 
Got it. Now, does that make any sense at all? I guess that doesn't make any sense at all, no. So I think there is something to uh, Mark's strategy here, because the areas that the judge got red-faced and short with some of his answers were, you know, the key things like this, dealing with the complaint itself, with jurisdiction, with standing. What were some of the Um, uh, jurisdictional questions that you asked? Okay, let me go... Or just continue on what you were going to tell us. I don't know if you were going to get that. No, I'll jump over. It's okay. Uh, So one of the things I asked was, would I have to enter a plea if there is no jurisdiction over me? And he would not give me a responsive answer to that. Well, he did. He said, I would, uh, because the state assumes jurisdiction is established. What does that mean? Well, the state just says, we are the state, and you will abide. And you're in it. That's, it really is, it's, he's assuming that uh, the ticket was given in the state of Texas, it was given in the town that I live in, and uh, that did you the ask him what, state has authority over that given geographical area. Did, did you ask him what factually the state of Texas is? Isn't that one of the no. questions? No. That's where, yeah, there were, I didn't challenge some things because, man, it's really easy to get flustered, especially oh, after he hammers you for citing California Supreme Court law in Texas. Sure. <laughs> I'm surprised. Now, how long did all this go on for, Sam? I mean, most of these people walk up, they plea, they walk away. I mean, the average person going up in front of the judge must take no more than a couple of minutes, if that. How long were you standing up there? Well, so I went. I got there at 9.20 or so. Case The time I was supposed to be there was 9.30. About 10 minutes after that, I went up the first time. I was there for about six minutes when he asked me, how many questions do you have? <laughs> and he sat me back down to run some of the cases through. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he sent me over to the prosecutor. I wouldn't ask the prosecutor the questions. He sat me back down. Uh, another 10 or 15 minutes went by. Then he called me back up. We were going for about 15 minutes, but more cases had come in. So he sat me back down. <laughs> to get rid of, clear the courtroom out. Yeah, he doesn't want anybody in minutes. there hearing you ask those questions. Yeah, and so then we went back up, and by that time everybody had been run through the, the courts, and it was just my three witnesses sitting there. Huh. Uh, and we talked probably an hour, hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> additional. Um, well, congratulations, and, you did uh, waste their time, That whatever the amount of time that, uh, <laughs> that they were going to um, get out of you on this ticket. But before you go on, if you've got more you wanted to share, imagine for just a moment. Now, I, you know, we're still not too sure how effective this particular process is. Uh, what were the results? Well, we'll get to that, but, but just me, imagine that, for yeah. one moment if a whole bunch of people tried this. If a whole bunch of people decided they were going to go in and just ask question well, after question, well, they come up with a system question. for handling it. Is what that would happen. Well, then it wouldn't be legitimate anymore. If it's a legitimate court, then you you have to be able to understand the proceedings. And if they don't want it to to well, even what put if they on, hand you a sheet of paper and say, ah, we're postponing your case until tomorrow. Read this. Goodbye. Now I don't know, Mark. I'm not sure how they would handle it. But what did end up happening, Sam? Okay, so we got to page 6 of 18, and <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, Supreme Court ruling. Uh, courts can only adjudicate justicable controversies. That was one of the words I pronounced wrong, and he got mad about. Uh, and I asked him if, he, if the court agreed with that, and he said he needed to review it. Now, I could either wait there. This was about 11 o'clock. I could either wait there until probably about 4.30, mm-hmm. Uh, for him to read the case and decide, or we could reschedule. And I realize that's a great opportunity for me to regroup, possibly talk to Mark Stevens again, and 
uh, reform some of these questions and really clean it up and come back and pack in a punch. So cool. So you're... that's what we did, and I'm going back at the end of the month. Wow. Okay. So it's well, sort of been just postponed. be prepared that most jurisdiction um, questions are handled on appeal, and you know you may very well get a bad. Uh, and I believe it says so in the uh, Adventures in Legal Land by Mark Stevens, um, AdventuresInLegalLand.com. You, mm-hmm. I believe it says in there that you know sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses in court, but he almost always wins on appeal. Okay. Well, gotcha. I think it's all very interesting, very fascinating. It's the first time that one of our listeners has actually, I think, uh, applied any of those uh, techniques. And I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, he didn't really get upset in that he didn't charge you with contempt of court or anything like that. How did he? How did you feel like he was handling you? Was he, I mean, you said he got red-faced at some points. Was he sort of bemused by you or... What was his general demeanor? He was very nice. Uh, He was respectful. He um, answered my questions honestly, and I think he gave uh, a lot of consideration to not just what I was asking, but the specific wording. And he even took the time to explain some of the the premise behind his decision. One of the questions I asked, would a meaningful and fair hearing require responsive answers to the questions I ask? And he said, you know, no, because uh, you could be asking about stuff from a California Supreme Court that's not relevant. You know, there he is beating <laughs> me up about it. And uh, we wrestled around with that question for about three minutes, and finally I stated it, okay, uh, you know, would a meaningful and fair hearing require ans- responsive answers to my questions about Texas law? Yes. What about per- these proceedings? And he said yes. So it was a matter of kind of scoping down some of the questions so that he could give me a responsive answer but there were still some that clearly were not open for discussion, and the court's mind was made up. He also said jurisdiction was not an element of the crime. And I, I, I like go, hell okay, it's not. It, Are you telling me that that, um, that what, what is this, tex, uh, Texas State Trooper, or was it a uh, local cop? This is a, a city police officer. So a, that city police officer could go to Bermuda and hand out tickets? <laughs> that Like hell it's not, Your Honor. Well, we're paying so this asked, judge okay, well, for, for his work. Part of? I mean, is it standing? And I didn't even get a clear answer on that. So that's one of the things where I'm going to have another 20 questions uh, <laughs> ready to go to really dive into that issue with them. So are you going back for another hearing, or are they scheduling a trial for the end of the month? I would just give you your damn... No, no, we're going back to continue on uh, page 7 where I left <laughs> off. <laughs> so... What he's doing is he's going to review this Supreme Court case. They wanted me to just continue with my questions. Mm. And I said, well, I can't because I need to know the court's position on this in order to know what the rules are in order to continue. I think that's pretty you know, noteworthy the, right there. The, the fact that you said, well, I'm sorry, I can't continue with my questions. And then they said, well, okay, fine, let's reschedule this, as opposed to just saying, you owe the money, get out of my courtroom, or you're going to jail, instead of you know really flexing their might. They kind of backed, right. they kind of backed down a little bit. They blinked somewhat, yeah, I think, well, on Issue. Then they said, okay, well, give us the rest of your questions so uh, we can have answers for those, too. <laughs> and they said, uh... Show us your hand, Sam. Show us your hand. <laughs> exactly. What do you got there? I'm like, well, I don't know what questions I'm going to ask because it's going to depend on your what you answer in yep. earlier questions. Awesome. Well, definitely keep us informed, sir, and uh, good to know that it went, I think, as well as it did. Uh, and yep. Maybe what will happen... Well, I hope this ongoing speeding ticket doesn't keep you from moving to the Free State Project yeah. within the next five years. I'm working towards that, Mark. <laughs> That's one of the things I was concerned with. I think eventually he might just pay it just so we can get out of there. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And if he's lucky, maybe they'll just send him something in the next two weeks saying, We've waived your ticket. 
please don't come back. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go. It's Hollis in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, <coughs> Hollis. Hey. What's on your mind today? Um. Well, uh... I was I wanted to talk about uh, how to convince conservatives that the uh, the war on drugs is the wrong way to go. Okay, that's a tough one. Who have you already been trying to do this and failing miserably, or are you just kind of thinking it out in advance? Do you have a situation? Um. Well, yeah, it's actually worked for me. Um, what I do is I pose it as an economic issue. There you go. That's what I was going to suggest. How do you do it? Well, um, I say okay. Do you, do you really want to put all these people in jail and have to pay for them and and, and push uh, murderers out and put them on the street and put rapists out on the street instead? Mm-hmm. So that that usually works for them, the ones I've talked to anyway. Well, I, you know, I think it's a it's it's a good system. I've seen, I, you know, I've had these that same sort of conversation with uh, I don't know, I, with I think a conservative in the past, and uh, you know it. It didn't go so well, but you never. It's just case by case, you know. Yeah, that's a good approach, and of course, it helps if you actually know the amounts uh, as far as what is spent on the jail. So, whatever uh, you're in Missouri, if you could figure out, you know, what it is that Missouri, the state of Missouri, spends to incarcerate someone, or the city that you live in spends, then that might be even a little more persuasive if they can actually hear the dollar amounts. But like you said, you've you've been having success anyway, so. I think that's great news. And then if you want, you can focus on the, the total cost of actually not just putting people in jail, but the cost of uh, the programs, uh, the, the cost of, you know, to the tune of what? I think it's $17 billion at the federal level. That was the last number I heard, and it was years ago, so it's probably higher than that now. Uh, but billions and billions of taxpayer dollars are being spent. And for what exactly? I mean, where are the results? Sure, they get a you know a couple hundred pounds of marijuana here and there, maybe a few tabs of ecstasy every so often, but... Anybody who really looks objectively at the numbers can see that the amount of drug use in this country has not gone down. It's gone up. So not only has drug use gone up, but they're spending billions of dollars. So there's another kind of economic uh, pointer uh, that you could you could show you could show them. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Hollis? Oh yeah. Um, I saw this ad on the TV. This is another thing to deal with the drug war. But uh, I saw an ad on the TV. I guess there's this new show about the DEA. Oh no! What kind and of guess, show? Like cops? It's, it's like it's like yeah, like cops, and it's it's on Spike TV, and it's supposed to be yeah, we're going and kicking in doors and Ugh. shooting people, and and so they're they're actually going to make money off this. Oh man, that's disgusting. What's it called? The show DEA. DEA, yeah. How original. Thanks for the call yeah, tonight, Hollis. The buses in New York. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Well, they're not going to run out of uh, subject matter for that show. Let's continue with your calls. Jeff in Nevada, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, guys. I just wanted to call in and, and talk about a, a story that hit this year. Actually, it was back on March the 11th. I think it was March the 11th. But 
I don't think it got enough coverage because uh, it's, it, the story is astronomical because it affects the entire country. Hmm. And the story broke. Uh, it was an AP story. It's very credible, Associated Press, Newswire. And they stated that they, from my understanding, it was a five-month investigation where they went around the country doing some testing in the water supplies. And what they came up with was the water supply is, it contains numerous drugs in it. I mean, astronomical amounts of drugs. Yeah, that story came up on uh, on the show. It's it's very small, small trace, trace amounts. amounts of but you never know. Drugs. It, it's true, but and most but, of them won't hurt most people. But you never know whether somebody's sensitive to a small amount of things. Exactly. I, well, I think it's important that all your listeners know this because it, it, they said it affected 41 million people. Now, that's a a quarter of the U.S. population, and they said that of course this. They didn't test all the cities, so I think it could even be higher. It could than, be. Sure. And, and uh, as far as maybe a third or even half of the U.S. population. Now, but, Jeff, do they know if you've got one of those water filters? Will it filter that stuff out, or is it too small to where it's you know microscopic and it will get right through the filters? Now, that I can't answer. I think you probably need to talk to a scientist or someone, a specialist I, about that. I didn't that, know if the article mentioned it and you happened to pick that information up. I'd, I'd just be curious about it. I mean, otherwise, what are you going to do? I guess well, you could go and you could buy uh, bottled water, but then again, they get that stuff out of the tap. Well, don't so, forget that there's, it's not just uh, the prescription drugs. There's, there's a lar- larger amount, in most cases, of cyanide in your drinking water. Than, um, you know, that's just from the earth mm, than well, there is of uh, the prescription. Yeah, Guys, I'd like to make a point. I yeah. think that... You you know, this is too much of a coincidence. I mean, now, this is all across the country. We're talking 41 million people. Now, I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you sound like that almost every night, Jeff. It's all but, right. But listen, but listen, I mean, you know, 41 million people. Now, all these drugs, you know, across the country, that's a lot of people. Now, now would you say that somebody put the drugs in the water? No, didn't they suggest that the reason why it's there is because humans uh, essentially are taking the drugs and therefore they're Un- urinating right. undigested the bu- amounts? Too. Yeah, they're urinating it out, and it's it's just getting processed through. People are dump- people dump pills down their toilet. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, you know, a lot of I think a lot of the cities contain the same drugs. I mean, could it be a? a That's because people across America are on the, the same, same drugs. I mean, hey, have you seen one of those Cialis commercials? What is this, Jeff? Cialis, Jeff. Oh yeah. Oh, you've seen one? Well, oh, you're yeah. in you're in Nevada. I'm in New Hampshire. I've seen them too. Yeah, that's all it is, Jeff. It's just people peeing out their uh, their vitamins and stuff. Thank you for the call today. We certainly appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I or do their... think this affects people. I don't want to make it seem like it doesn't. I think the trace amounts can affect people. I'm affected by smaller amounts of caffeine than most people are. Maybe, maybe it'll make you uh, more immune to some of the drugs. Who knows? Could, could very well. Could I'm, be. I'm no doctor. I don't know what all. Most the... of them are sort of homeopathic amounts. I mean, we're not talking about huge amounts here. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if there was some detectable, I mean, the levels are detectable, but they're probably not levels that are going to actually have any effect on most people, if anybody at all. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and there are probably so many different. I mean, they found multiple drugs, didn't they? As I recall, it wasn't like just one or two. It was a a bunch of them. Yep. So what does that mean? Well, it just means that's the way things have been, and if you like the water, you should drink it. (laughs) I mean, look, the fact is you shouldn't stop drinking water over this because what can you do? I mean, think about it. Even if you're paranoid about this and you, you you think it's some evil plot, you can't really not drink water. 
I suppose you could buy, again, bottled water from that is guaranteed to come from a spring. That might help you. Then, though, then again, you know, there are minerals in that, you know, and those are kind of, I don't know, minerals could hurt someone, I suppose, if they were sensitive enough to it. I don't know. Uh, like you said, like I said, there's more cyanide in, um, in the water than there is of these, uh, most of these, the drugs. Uh, these drugs. Right. And that happens naturally uh, as part of nature. And, yeah. And again, uh, a lot living. of these, a lot of these bottled water companies, they, they literally pour the stuff from the tap. So don't think you can go out and buy bottled water, just any old bottled water and avoid this. You can't. Well, I mean, if that's a big concern uh, for you, I think most people drink bottled water for its convenience and for, uh, you know, its taste. Some people think that it tastes better. I think that uh, that Aquafina stuff does taste kind of good. Um, and, you know, you could get a distiller. A friend of mine had one, and he would distill all of his water and take everything out of it, all these uh, mm. little trace minerals that can be good for you. Yeah. Take it out. What I recommend, drink your tap water. I like passing my tap water through one of those filters. I like the, uh, right now I've got the DuPont filter on there, and right. it does a good job. But it's just voodoo. You might as well stay, chase, uh, shake a dead chicken over it. You it think the filter's voodoo? I think it does something, but what's wrong with the stuff that it's taking out? Well, I don't know, man. There you go. See? I just heard filters are good. <laughs> and I think it tastes better afterwards. So there, maybe but, it's all in my head. Maybe see, it's placebo effect. It, it, it isn't, it, uh, I actually did this with uh, with a girlfriend who demanded that we have, I can't remember what it was, but I took uh, you did a tap water. water. Taste test. Yeah, I did tap water. I, I put uh, filtered uh, water through the Brita filter that I have, a little pitcher mm-hmm. filter, and I gave her bottled water. Um, I, I made sure it was all the same temperature, put it in the fridge, and then had her drink it, and Lo and behold, she picked the tap water as tasting the best by far. I'll be damned. And that was yucky Manatee County tap water (laughs) in Florida. Actually, Manatee County's good. Sarasota's bad. All right, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Kevin in San Francisco is on the line. We'll also talk to you about whatever you want if you make the call. This is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, and they include the bulletin board system. We've got over 340,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster at forever? Then check out notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls and we talk to Patrick in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Patrick. Hey, guys. How are you all? What's on your mind? Um, I was just hearing you talk about the bottled water, and I, what's funny is, um, like you were saying before, there's really no regulations as far as spring water, mm-hmm. and they can even call it filtered water. You can run a, uh, like you could run your garden hose with a sock over it, and that's considered filtered water. <laughs> now, there's, there's regulations. Oh, there are regulations when it starts going off across state lines. When it goes, yeah, but I'm saying as far as the bottling... The only one I know that is actually regulated is if it is distilled water. And I used to tell people all the time to drink the distilled because that has to actually be distilled. And uh, 
and they, they can't get around that. But as far as saying filtered water, that's not that's not accurate. Well, good. I don't want there to be regulations. I would rather the marketplace uh, provide whatever uh, certification is necessary if that's what people are looking oh, for. That would be a wonderful world. But right now, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to drink keep water that's safe, it's distilled water is the best way to go. And I got one other water story I want to share with you. When I was uh, living in West Virginia, I had a farm, and um, they, everything was on well water. And what happened was a lot of people around me, the city tried to increase its uh, its size, and it made people get off their own well water so they could um, have enough people basically buying water. Mm-hmm. In other words, even though you had your own water and you were fine for years and years, as right. soon as the city wanted to put in its own system, they forced everybody off well water. They mandated and, that you um, hook up to the city water supply. Exactly, and it was actually criminal to have your own water. <laughs> if you ask uh, me, it's criminal to yeah. force someone to hook up to the city water supply, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. Oh, it was from. ridiculous. I, I didn't want to pay for that stuff. And, but you, you know, did anyway, didn't you? You paid for the lines out to it. Well, you paid for the, oh, you paid I, for the no, well I, and the pump, too, and now we, you, then, it, then they outlaw it. Yeah. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So that's a, that's uh, another concern is, you know, when uh, a lot of people are always like, what can you do to get away from the water department? And it used to be where you could get your own well, but I don't even know if you can do that anymore. What would they have done if you had to what, – what would they have done if you had said, no, that's okay. I don't really want to hook up to your uh, city water. Would they have just taken your house? I think all they do is just try to find your property until you decide to sell it. You know, right. Basically, put liens against put liens you, on you. you to death. Criminal gang, man. They're mm. just a criminal gang. That's all it is. Thanks for the call tonight. We yeah. appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to Kevin in San Francisco. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Kevin. Yeah. Oh gosh, I thought I was calling the Alex Jones Show. <laughs> no, <laughs> Why did you think that? Not? Huh? What made you think that? Uh, well, that's the number he gave. <laughs> but he's not on the air right now. Uh, oh, he's not. No, no. This is Free Talk Live. We're a completely different program. You can call in about anything. So if you got something to say, you can say it, or you can go away. Your choice. Oh, okay. You sure? I've got plenty to say. Right. Uh, first off, I uh, produce, uh, host, and produce a uh, public access TV show in San Francisco called Exposing the New World Order. But I was listening to, I guess it was a pre-recorded uh, Alex Jones show of him uh, going off about, uh, you know, foreign, uh, you know, Chinese Secret Service troops in San Francisco, and that's where I live. And uh, I, th- I think it's an act of treason that they're telling San Francisco police that they're giving San Francisco police orders. Have you seen uh, any of them? Uh, you, you know what? I've got a friend that was down there, and he saw him, and he caught it on video. What Chinese Chinese people in uh, in, in San Francisco in suits? No, no, these are the uh, the torch uh, protectors, Mark. Oh, I see. It, it, yeah, the Chinese Secret Service, and these are these are the same guys that are murdering Tibetan farmers that that are on the streets of San Francisco, supposedly protecting uh, a, a friggin' torch. Which you know is what I'd like to know is how much taxpayer money is being spent. To protect this torch. I mean, they're going through all kinds of, uh, jumping through all kinds of hoops to try to keep this torch away from the protesters. I read today that they moved it to a secret location. I mean, they've never had to do this with the torch before. What is this costing taxpayers? That's what I want to know. I have no idea, but I'll tell you what, one dollar is too much. Well, I'm with you there. Thank you for the call tonight, Kevin. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I, I, I had a question I told you about, but I, I wanted to hit on this water thing because it happens I work for a bottled water, a water bottling plant. And, yes, we do get city water. It's fed right to our shop. Mm-hmm. But 
we use a reverse osmosis system. We have a chemist who tests the water. The system that we work, that we use, removes about 99.9% of all impurities in the water. So it's about as good as distilled water. Distilled water is just a little bit better. Yeah, I would agree with this. The marketplace is going to handle this particular instance. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to run your garden hose with a sock over it, call it filtered filtered <laughs> water, and sell it to anybody in any kind of quantity, unless of course you call it sock filtered water. In which case, you might have a better chance of selling it simply because people would understand. You know that mm, warm rubbery taste you got? That's the hose. If if you market it in that particular fashion, you might have some luck. But in the world of uh, of water, there's no. It's it's dog eat dog out there. Oh yeah. And there's no way that, uh, that that you'd get away with anything that wasn't pretty darn pure water. Now, does the well, does the filtering process actually take out the drugs that the earlier caller was talking about? Do you know? I I have to ask the chemist that works the uh, that works the uh, testing. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Not that I'm concerned. I don't think anyone should be concerned about this. I mean, Jeff was sort of suggesting people should worry themselves about this. If you worry too much about it, you'll probably make yourself sick. So just don't worry about it. You've been drinking water your whole life. You've been okay. You'll be fine. People are living longer. Everything's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, find out if you can, just because I'm curious. If there wasn't some kind of regulation on this, the guy that owns the company would just run the water right into models. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is. He, 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 you know, he, the, the reason that he has the chemist and, and the uh, – uh, and the, the filtering system and everything else is because of regulations. However, the caveat here is that if the marketplace was regulating it rather than the government, he's not stupid. He's a good businessman. He he would go ahead and uh, maintain the uh, quality that he has. Right. Well, because if comp- if competitors in the marketplace are offering water that has been certified by some independent water. Uh, purification uh, certification company, then he would want to compete. Otherwise, people would know that if he doesn't have that logo stamped like the UL logo, if he doesn't have that logo stamped on his bottles, then he could just be pulling it out of the tap. And uh, people that that find water very, very important would know the difference. And word would get around. And and he he, um, does business as, you know, the, the thing that he offers is customer service. He's, he's very good at offering good customer service. <laughs> How much customer service does a water uh, filtration facility actually have to offer? You don't like the water, you send it back, you get some other water, I guess? I can't imagine how many complaints there would be. It's, it's water. Well, I don't know. I know that we were sending water down to uh, New Orleans during uh, Katrina. Well, that's, that's not necessarily customer service. That's just good PR. Thanks for your call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Both are free for you, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. 
The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live, as well as learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference for liberty. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. 800-259-9231. I was reading... uh, I was reading a Lou Rockwell post, LouRockwell.com, the other day from Brian Wilson. He's a talk show host in the Toledo area. And he went to the Ohio Libertarian Party convention. I guess it was a couple weeks ago or something like that. And he didn't really have anything anything good to say about it. Uh, It was just sort of the... Just to summarize what he uh, had said, it was it was basically the same old, same old libertarians arguing over minutia, and nothing really uh, significant occurred in in that. When you get a bunch of libertarians together and they're operating in a political capacity, there are always people who will come in to throw wrenches into what it is that is trying to get done, and whether it's just from their you know own personalities or whether or their their CIA. Plants I can't something. imagine uh, that, that, that the CIA would consider it uh, signi- um, the, the libertarian significant enough, but okay. Well, whatever. Maybe they're just mischievous members of uh, the Democrats or Republicans. I don't you think know, they do it way. on purpose. I think that that's the uh, it's a personality trait. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is, that's what ends up happening is nothing. Nothing ends up happening. And so I just, as I was reading that article, I thought, wow, this really brings back memories of what it was like to be in the Libertarian Party down in Florida and watch nothing happen. And if I actually wanted something to happen, I'd have to make it happen all on my own, which I did. Uh, and then I decided that it'd make more sense if I moved where other people were making it happen, and that would be the Free State Project. So I uh, highly recommend you take a look at freestateproject.org. By the way, they've added blogs to their website now, which I think is a, a, a very handy feature. And I congratulate them for that. Freestateproject.org. We continue with your phone calls. You can bring up anything. Let's go to Landon in Utah on the amp line. Hello, Landon. Hi, Ian and Mark. Hello. How are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about the airline industry and how I think it's kind of a glimpse into the way our economy is going here in the U.S. Okay, sure. We've had three shutdowns within uh, the last, what, two weeks? Three airlines Actually, have shut down. Actually, I'll correct you. Within... Ten days. There's been five airlines that have completely closed down and five? stopped running. What are the, what are the five? five? I knew I knew about Skybus, Hawaii something, or Honolulu Airlines, uh, and then there was what was the other one? What were the other three? I guess. I'll tell you. Let's see. It's ATA Airlines was probably the biggest one that closed. Right. There was Aloha Airlines, uh, a Champion, which is a charter airline, and an airline out of Hong Kong called Oasis, as well as Skybus. Wow. Okay. I just think it's kind of a glimpse into the way the economy is going, considering that so many airlines have shut down in such a short period of time. And two of the major U.S. airlines are considering a merger. That's Delta and Northwest, which really is likely to go through there. You know, because of the rising fuel prices and things like that, it's. So they're, they're considering the merger because they're, uh, you know, their cost of doing business, it's just not as easy anymore. It's so pr- presumably without the merger, one might go under. Is that possible? That, that's exactly what it's coming to, I think. Wow. And if, if those two airlines merge, it'll create a chain effect, you know, like a domino effect within the industry. And the airline I work for, Continental, would likely merge with United and, you know, it would cut down on competition between 
the airlines in the industry because they'll just become more of a conglomerate and come all together, basically. Yeah, that's not good. Less competition, not a good thing in an well, industry some, that's it, already heavily regulated. For, for an industry that can, um, you know, it, it's common um, during times of uh, what the business cycle for, um, you know, companies to contract and expand. Um, I don't think that, you know, maybe uh, plane tickets will, the, the price will go up for a while, but then competition will creep back in because somebody's going to want to make that money and... You know, we'll be in the we'll be back in the same boat. But. I don't know, man. What if it keeps getting worse? What if the uh, what if the government keeps regulating the industry so much to where nobody decides they want to jump in anymore? Then we're going to have nationalized airlines before you know it. I think it's entirely possible we'd have nationalized airlines. They're already talking about nationalizing banks. Right. Well, I think the only bad part of this um, situation is the regulations that the government puts on these airlines. Oh, well, yeah, okay. If there weren't the regulations, then I would have no problem because then anybody could start up their own airline without having to ask anyone's permission. But right now, the barrier to entry is probably pretty darn high uh, for anyone that wants to start their own airline. Landon, any other thoughts? That's basically what I wanted to bring up, so just get... Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Speaking of uh, traveling, here's the story briefly from the AP that we missed before. The uh, Texas woman who said she was forced to remove a nipple ring with pliers in order to board an airplane called Thursday for an apology by federal security agents and a civil rights investigation. She says, I wouldn't wish this experience upon anyone. My experience with the TSA was a nightmare I had to endure. No one deserves to be treated this way. Hamlin, who's 37, says she was trying to board a flight from Lubbock to Dallas when she was scanned by a TSA agent after passing through a larger metal detector without problems. The female TSA agent used a handheld detector that beeped when it passed in front of Hamlin's chest. She told the woman she was wearing nipple piercings, and the woman then called over her male colleagues, one of whom said she would have to remove the jewelry. Hamlin said she couldn't remove them, and asked whether she could instead display her pierced breasts in private to the female agent. But several other male officers told her she could not board her flight until the jewelry was out. Why? What is the, what is the excuse there? Well, um, she gonna scratch someone with the pointy end of the the nipple ring or something? Want, now uh, she I'll, says she can't take them out. I can make the argument uh, from the the point of view of the TSA. However, I would like to uh, first point out that the TSA misses uh, you know someone in the neighborhood of half of all guns, ni- knives, and bombs that they uh, they look for uh, as tested by their own red team, and that they have never yet, not once, caught a terrorist. Um, they what they would say is well the nipple ring is just just there to hide in fact the small revolver she has surgically implanted in her breast so she's gonna cut her breast open and then pull a revolver right out. because you know if she just shows <laughs> the nipple ring there you go wow that's ludicrous well that, that, haven't you watched uh, movies and stuff there is no excuse that could not be ludicrous in this particular <laughs> case. <laughs> Uh, so they told her she had to take the jewelry out if she wanted to get on the flight. She was taken behind a curtain and managed to remove one bar-shaped piercing, but had trouble with the second. I bet she did. Which was a ring. Still crying, she informed the TSA officer she could not remove it without the help of pliers, which the officer helpfully gave to her. Oh, great. Now we've got pliers. Uh, Hamlin said she heard male TSA agents snickering as she took out the ring. Yeah. She was scanned again and was allowed to board, even though she was still wearing a belly button ring. What, what, then, Talk about inconsistent. Then, then why? Yeah, why did they? Why did they make her take out the nipple rings if they didn't make her take out the belly ring? 
After nipple rings are inserted, the skin can often heal around the piercing, and the rings can be extremely difficult and painful to remove, she Mm -hmm. said in the letter. Uh, She filed a complaint, but the TSA's customer service manager at the Lubbock Airport concluded the screening was handled properly. As though the TSA has ever given customer service to anyone. (laughs) Well, first off, you're not a customer of the TSA. A customer willingly uh, chooses chooses to do business with a victim. Yeah, that's exactly what you are. Every time you walk through the TSA, you're a victim of a larger or lesser degree. The TSA's customer service manager. Think about how, how, what is that job like? I mean, like you say, they don't have to provide service, so all their job is really is to just say, okay, well, thank you for your, uh, your, thank you for your time today, citizen. We appreciate you contacting the TSA, and we will take all necessary measures to, uh, to investigate this situation into the future. And while you're at it, pound salt in your butt, because we don't care. Right. All you have is this little script that you'll follow, the same uh, blow-off, essentially, that you'll read to every one of your victims that, that calls you, and then, of course, you'll determine that the TSA handled everything just fine. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it's your show. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. It costs you 3 bucks a month. And it's totally voluntary. You can enjoy all the features on the website for free. But if you want to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations across the country, become an amplifier. It makes a difference for us because we can take that money in and reinvest it into the show, making uh, program directors across the country aware of the program. In fact, I just got an, uh, an affiliate agreement in during the show tonight from mm-hmm. a new station. It's going to be a new one. In, I guess we can mention who it is. You it's got Flint. the agreement. Yeah, it's Flint, Michigan, WWCK in Flint. We're going to actually going to put us on uh, Sunday mornings, which should be interesting. They're going to delay broadcast the show. The church crowd will love it. We'll take it wherever we can get it, <laughs> and uh, you amplifiers are making it happen faster. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about how you can get the uh, access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only chat room and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls. It's Scott calling from Redland, listening on KCAA. Hello, Scott. Scott. Hey, guys. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, um, I, did I hear one of you guys say earlier that the that the airline industry is heavily regulated? <laughs> yes. yes, sir. Um, I mean, you do realize, though, that, that the airline industry has been deregulated. I mean, it, it's still regulated, and it probably is still heavily, but, I mean, compared to what it used to be, certainly back in the Reagan days, um, I mean, a lot of regulations in the airline industry have really come down since then. Wouldn't you agree? Good to know. I don't know. I haven't really paid close attention, but uh, I know that the the FAA is out there, and they don't even want to let me fly a uh, flying car, so I can only imagine how much uh, how many regulations the airlines have to and deal I, with. And I can't get on an airplane without getting uh, frisked by the TSA, so as far as I'm concerned, that's a big enough reg- regulation right there. Well, I would agree, but that's a separate issue, I think, from, I mean, uh, Homeland Security is a separate issue from just general business transactions that you might have going on. But the other reason I wanted to call you was um, I- I'm-, I'm really getting disturbed by what's going on with our economy. It, it really looks like it's going to tank sometime soon. Uh-huh. And I find it really interesting. When will that... you know? Before you go on, when will you know it has tanked? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, when my money is worthless? Well, it's well, getting that's... more and more worthless every single day. My, my question is, when will you know it has actually gone to the point where you would consider it tanking? Uh, you know what? I, I couldn't give you an honest answer that, to that. I still have to figure that one out. I think what you'll um, well, I think what you'll find is that you'll look back and you'll say, "Oh yeah, it tanked a long time ago." Well, I think <laughs> I, I, I'm with him though. I think that we're we're with the verb. You know, we're in the present tense tanking as opposed to the past tense tanked. The past perfect sense, having had tanked. Yeah, I'm not saying you're going to look back now. I'm saying you're going to look back in the future. So we're going to yeah. go on with time, and then you're going to look back and say, oh, yeah, it was back then. I think it's tanking. Yeah, I agree with you there. Go I ahead, agree. sir. But here, here's, my, here's my thing. Um, you know, what with the uh, Chinese owning so much of our debt, and, uh, and you know, as, as a trade deficit, you know, they're way ahead of us on this. And my question is, why are we doing business with the Chinese? Who's we? Um, the United States in general. I'm just going to speak about United the United States for now. The United now. States does business? The country? Absolutely. You mean the well, government? I, the United States well, government is doing business with China? Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm not, I'm not certain. I wouldn't say for certain the United States government. But I will say, you know, companies like Walmart. Uh, I know so companies... do you work for Walmart? Uh, no, but I have, a, I have a friend who does business with um, businesses in China. Well, that's a pretty liberal it. definition of we, then. Well, let me, let me get back to my point. Okay. The point is, American businesses do business with China. Okay. They, 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 they do manufacturing over there. There's no doubt about that. Yes. My question is, why are these companies allowed to do business with a communist nation? Didn't, because now, we you, aren't you, one. Guys, you, you guys and I grew <laughs> up in the same era, I'm guessing, where you know we had to worry about the bomb. We went through an entire Cold War, and now there are trading buddies. Well, I also remember um, go, growing up in the same era that I guess that, that, that you're talking about. I remember, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing business with Japan. They're buying up all our real estate. Pretty soon we're going to have to speak Japanese and bow in the center when we, when we meet people. And, you know, it was just another scare tactic then to, uh, be, you know, to, to, to be concerned about the slanty-eyed foreigner that was going to take over our uh, business. And I'm about as concerned with the Chinese as I am with the uh, with the Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> it was you know in the 80s. Do you remember? You remember? I can't remember uh, what the name of the the film is, but there was one. Uh, you know, there was a car manufacturing film about uh, some American. Yeah, it was workers. a Michael Keaton movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so some American workers working for a Chinese uh, or excuse me, a Japanese uh, car manufacturer, and they I don't know. They did something. They took over the factory or something. It you know, and it was just a sign of the times. And I'm I'm not real concerned. I think that American businesses should do business wherever they feel like they can, uh, you know, have the best relationships, get the best deal. Well, and they should have the freedom to, to do that business. Right. And, and I think you and I should have the freedom to choose whether or not we want to do business with them. Now, one of the countries in this, uh, in this world that Americans are not allowed to do business with is Cuba. And so they're a, definitely a communist country. Would you suggest that uh, Cuba should continue to be off limits to American businessmen, or should we do the right thing and open it up to, uh, to business? Well, let, let's look at the human rights record. I mean, if China, uh, you know, is, is, is beating up on Tibet, if, uh, you know, did they ever renounce what they did at uh, Tiananmen Square? Um, I, I don't, don't know. Did we, have we renounced what we did in Iraq? Um, have we? Uh, you know, what about the uh, atrocities we committed against the Japanese you know, Americans during World War II? I'm so tired and of this collectivist speak, and, I'm, and you're both guilty of it. No, I'm guilty I, of it he, sometimes too. I'm trying to put it in, a, in a we term did this in, Iraq? In, a, in terms that he can understand. I didn't do it in Iraq. You didn't do it in Iraq. And listen, China isn't doing anything as far as business. They may have some state-owned factories. I, you know, I'm sure the state is involved, but for the most part, you're talking about individual businessmen 
businessmen making deals with other individual businessmen. And you're saying that because some individual businessmen happen to be living in a country, they happen to be living in a certain massive land that is ruled by people calling themselves communists. And by the way, they're not as communist as they used to be. Uh, but, but because they happen to be doing business on that plot of land, that should preclude them what from doing business with Americans? That? They're not as communist as they used to be? Absolutely the case. What crap is that? Absolutely true. Well, uh, if you, would if you, you go for the, the argument that we're more communist than we used to be? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, actually, I would say we would. We're, well, we're certainly more fascist, let's put it that way, on the other, the other, yeah. other end of the spectrum. Well, I don't spectrum. know that it's we're entirely the other end of the spectrum, it's but they're, they're similar. It's both. And it's, we have once. this funny socio-fascism that's going on in, in America. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm concerned that the, the government of the United States um, doesn't know its butt from chocolate ice cream, and that they shouldn't be telling uh, American businesses with whom they can do business, um, any, they shouldn't be telling me with whom I can do business, whether they're Cubans or whether they're right. Chinese or whatever. If you want to buy a Cuban cigar, you should be able to buy a Cuban cigar. And if I want to buy a Chinese uh, rip-off brand toy, I should be able to buy that. I've got a better idea for you, because if you're willing to send you know, jobs out of the country just because it's a better deal, then I guess we'll enjoy some free talk radio from China, because you're not making any sense. What, do you, what, what part is, doesn't is, make sense to you, sir? And how is it I'm sending jobs anywhere? <laughs> if you're doing free trade, especially with China... Where, where labor laws are so cheap, and they ignore our, our, um, our intellectual property laws as well. Thank goodness. I think more people should ignore those. I disagree with my partner on that. <laughs> Go ahead with your point, sir. Well, my, my point is, is that you know, you're saying that wherever there's a good deal, do it. That's right. And in the it's meantime, American way. You're, you're, you're sending jobs out of this country. I'm not sending jobs anywhere. I'm buying products and services. It's the philosophy you're purporting there. My philosophy is freedom. It's the one the country was founded on. My philosophy and is get the best damn deal. What you're deal. proposing is to tell other, other, other Americans with whom they can do business. Don't you think that philosophy is antithetical to the, uh, the, the conscripts that the, uh, the founding fathers came up with? Also, your claim, sir, that, uh, the, that all these jobs are just being sent away is ignoring the economic reality that in a free marketplace, and we don't have a free marketplace, but you know, generally in a free marketplace where people are able to, uh, to create wealth for themselves, the wealth pie continually expands. It's not like we've got 300 million people and 200 million don't have jobs in this country. Plenty of people have jobs in America, and there have been jobs, so-called quotes, jobs going overseas, unquote, for decades in this country, and we don't have a job shortage, so you're coming from just a point of absurdity. Thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. I mean, it's ludicrous. Well, it, where, it is, where but people all the don't job? understand it, and I think that... Uh, where, are the absence, where is this big absence of jobs? Right. Not the case. There's sure. plenty of jobs. J- j- jobs get sent overseas, and then Americans, uh, and consequently, Americans have more money be- because they're buying uh, things for less than they were previously. Exactly. They have more money, therefore, that money has to be spent is going to be spent on something. That money spent on something then provides new jobs for Americans right here. You know, yeah, manufacturing's gone out of the United States. Absolutely true, but. We're still an agricultural superpower. We uh, we provide services for ourselves, and you know, there's 
I, I don't I don't see a problem here. I nope. see Americans uh, having more buying power. Oh what I no, see. I do see a problem. The problem is we can't trade with people in Cuba. That's one of the problems. And the problem is there's all kinds of other restrictions on trade and all kinds of other restrictions on business. Both and to in- assume that politicians know what's best is... Oh, uh, yeah. That's, I, I think that, that <laughs> that's ludicrous. I, like, they know. is All they're going to do is um, test the, the political winds and do that. More coming up. Hour three's on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls and start with Mike in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Mike. Hey, guys. Uh I wanted to talk to you about the situation about the uh, property tax standoff. You guys are talking about it on Monday night a little bit. Yeah, there was a guy that um, owed about five grand in property taxes, and I believe it was uh, yeah, I think it was in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, half hour from where I am right now. Actually, I oh, I've been pretty involved in the situation. Uh, I uh, actually went down to his property after the standoff and tried to get some video and that. And t- took some video, put it up on YouTube. Uh, the cops wouldn't let us see the house. Uh, they didn't want us to see what they did to it, you know, his house. And hmm. uh, but we did talk to a couple of his neighbors and got some interviews. And um, the uh, local paper just reported today that uh, one of the motivating factors for this guy being, you know, mad at the government was they were working on a road, a major highway, by his property, and in the construction of it, they ruined his well. So he uh, couldn't get any water to his place, and they never fixed it. And there's another wow. reason you didn't want to pay any taxes. Uh, oh yeah. my goodness! The local paper just reported that today, but uh, yeah. so the uh, so the the town comes along, they destroy his well, and then they try to take his house away for not uh, not paying uh, you know property taxes. Right, he did and the giving one money thing. to the same organization that destroyed his well. Right, he did the one thing that he could do in that situation was say, well, if you're not going to help fix this problem, I'm not going to pay you anymore. What am I paying you guys for? What else yeah. could you do? These are a bunch of bad people. Yep. <laughs> No, I mean it's just, it's totally it's unreal, and uh, a lot of people are like, you know, all the local media and that around here are saying, well, we need to we need to uh, you know applaud the law enforcement for for saving and protecting us and risking their lives for us and that you know over this. And as far as I'm concerned, I wasn't at danger at all in this situation. Nope. You know, if they would, this guy wasn't paying for his you know property tax. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have to put their lives on the line. Everything would have been fine if they just left <laughs> the guy alone. And, and, and Ian and Mark, how how much do you think this operation costs? The total cost of this: three SWAT teams, three armored vehicles. You know, come over and collect the debt of five thousand dollars or what? Roughly well, I know that uh, I, I don't know, that, know, but I but I, I know when you're breaking out the tanks that you're getting into the big bucks. Well, plus, and it's not like he lived in New York City where they have a huge budget. He lived out in some rural area. I mean, what's the population yeah. of this area? They had to drive the tanks there from God knows where. <laughs> And the, 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 the town, it's right outside of this small town, it's about 500 people. This is, I mean, if, if you go to YouTube, <laughs> I've, I've posted it on the, the, on the boards, 
on my video, you see how rural this area is. Yeah. And it's a wooded area. Totally. I mean, you cannot get away from the government in this country. If you want to be no. secluded and get you, away from it, you, you can't, cannot do it. it, it, it's, it the, the time that you could move out to the woods and be left alone by uh, mommy government is over. Now all it's going to do is seclude you when it, they come after as you. As far as Costco, I, uh, I, I'm having some guys put in uh, a, a, a little area. Maybe it's uh, circular, 100, uh, 100 feet um, uh, in its diameter, sort of, sort of circular. And uh, they're using a front-end loader and a, a backhoe to do that. And it's going to take them one day, three grand, and they're giving me a deal. So I can only imagine what it costs for tanks, which are more scarce than front end loaders by yeah. a long, by a long. And they got to repair them too. I mean, because the windshields were shot out of a lot of these. They got to repair these things, and I mean, it's just unbelievable to think about the total cost to collect this debt. Wow. Um, and another thing that I'm really concerned about the situation is there, the the article that I'm re- that was in our local paper today says that. The media has been trying to get a hold of this guy, Robert Bayless is his name, mm-hmm. and they're not letting him talk to the media. Um, they're not letting anybody talk to him, and they're waiting on his uh, uh, court-appointed uh, attorney. So this guy is totally on his own right now. So he's completely um, shut off from communication with uh, right. other people? Are, are you not innocent until proven guilty? Um, So-called. That's what they claim, and, which and we know in many cases it's not the case. Murder charges. They're bringing um, him up on attempted murder charges for shooting at the cops? Yes. Right, right. Oh, um, even so though frustrating. They were coming to, to forcibly remove him. They had a warrant out. They claimed that they owned his land because they so-called evicted him earlier this year because he was behind on his you know, property taxes. Mm-hmm. So they claimed his land even though his land was was worth well over the, you know, the amount of debt that he owed. So they right. could claim your whole property. I mean, wow. Um, That's so sad. Where, These are bad, bad people. That uh, I I don't think not every town government would have done what that town government did, but there are plenty of them that would. Absolutely, there are, I, there's probably more that would than wouldn't. Yeah. But these are bad bad people, and these are the kind of people that drive a man to the point where that you know that um, that mayor over I don't know, I think it was Missouri where the guy walks in and uh, shoots up the uh, town council meeting and shoots the mayor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what drives men to do that crap. Well, the mayor was the only one that survived that, by the because, way. He shot at six oh, people. And, by, by the way, <laughs> t- take a look at take a look at the two circumstances, and you know it's difficult to say who came out better. The one guy ended up dead, but he's not an uh, you know the the one perpetrator ended up dead, but he's not sitting in prison. One can make an argument that dead is uh, you know superior to prison, and um, he managed to take out six bureaucrats. The other guy, he's sitting in prison, didn't take out anybody because he waited for the cops to come get him. Right. It's just a mess. Mike, and, and, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Ian. Uh-oh. Well, you were going to make a point. I was just going to ask you to keep us up to date on this situation, if you would. Uh, for the Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to try to make it down there again and see if I can get you know the actual shot of his burnt house. Uh, we got it from a distance, but... Oh, that's right. You know, it, caught I, on fi- it caught on fire during it, right? <laughs> right, with the tear gas. I mean, um, it's really something that I'm glad for your show that's able to talk about a little bit, get some national attention, but... Um, I mean, we can't. We got to do. I don't know what we can do, but we just got to well, get. I know what we can there. do. We can. Uh, you can move to New Hampshire, join the Free State Project, and then we can all make a stand for liberty. Mm-hmm. And because it's like Mark said, you can't get away from these people. You can't get away from these little tyrants. Uh, these people no. in these local governments, whether it's a small town or a big city, they're all the same. They all want to rule over other people's lives. And so there's no amount of running at this point that is going to be successful. We're going to have to stand and and start talking about liberty again. I don't. I don't want to say stand and fight because we're not going to actually do any fighting because we're 
right. in involved in a non-violent... Stand up and say no. Right. I'm not taking it anymore. That's right. Everything, everything the government touches turns to crap, say and no. you're not touching anything more. Say no to government and say yes to freedom, and that's what we're doing up here. And call again and let us know what happens. All right, Mike? Thanks, guys. Thanks for the Thanks. call. 800-259-9231. Because I don't want it to have to come to some sort of violent situation. Because as we've seen, you you lose either way. It's like you said, you either end up killing yourself or being killed, or you uh, you end up in a, in a jail cell. You lose your home, you lose your family, you lose everything you've worked toward, mm-hmm. just because you want to live free. Doesn't make any sense. So violence is not going to be the solution here. That's what their mo is. Yeah. That's what they do. And we are not going to lower right. ourselves to and, that level. In, the, in this circumstance, the, um, the cops came to get the guy off the property. He shoots. Um, and the, the newspaper is lauding the police over right. keeping all of us safe from the guy who was on his own property shooting at armed invaders. Okay? He probably couldn't even shower because they broke his well. I, I, you know, and the newspaper talks about how much safer we are. Well, how are we safe? There was a guy protecting his land. So um, you you just can't win. For some reason, the the media they just oh, don't we'll see. Win. It. They don't. No, I mean you win. can't see it. You can't win with violence. Right. Let's continue with your phone calls. You can bring up anything. In fact, one could argue. By the way, we've already won. It's just they haven't figured it out yet. Uh, we go to John in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John. Hello. 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 How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, the Real ID Act. You. What about it, John? Um, I was wondering um, if I could move to like maybe go up, maybe take a trip up to Maine and get a Maine driver's license and come back down and still live in North Carolina with a Maine driver's license. I think you'd have to at least, at the very least, get a PO box, um, not a PO box, a, a private mailbox, and set up residency uh, basically yeah. in, up north, something like they that. They can be really picky. Yeah, they may they, they may have other uh you know other issues down there as far as registering to vote and all that. I mean, if you don't care about that, then if you have a friend in Maine, that would certainly help. Um, I I don't know why you'd want to pick Maine by the way to get real ID. Oh yeah, they're the one that Maine is kind yeah, of or throwing it back in their face. Montana, New uh, New Hampshire, South Carolina, maybe a little closer. I think South Carolina is uh is fighting off real ID as well. So you might want to consider that. And uh, okay. it's, it's you're gonna have to jump through some hoops, but it probably can be done as long as you are willing to break a few laws while you're doing it. Because odds are good you probably will. If you're okay with that, then I say go for it. Thank you, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you're on the line, we will get to you. A bunch of guys on the line, ladies. You come first. If you call in, we'll take your call before those dudes. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Just get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. It's free, of course. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Does your family think your beliefs are crazy? Do you experience a nagging sense of worry that the world's becoming less free? Do you feel withdrawn or politically alienated from liberal and conservative friends? You are not alone. Statism hurts. IHS summer seminars can help. 
Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information on a happier future. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. By the way, if you want to get signed up for this summer's Libertarian Seminars, you better do it tonight. LibertarianSeminars.com. Yeah, this is the last night. 800-259-9231 to your phone calls. Let's talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. Hello. Jeremy. Jeremy going once. Go hey, I'm, I'm here. You're there. What's on your mind? Oh, I, I was uh, thinking about uh, that party y'all got coming up with all the poker and all the topless women and everything. <laughs> well, the dancing girls. We're not going to have topless women yet, but uh, we are going to be playing uh, poker. Some people will be playing poker or rolling dice or in some way putting money up uh, for risk and gambling in public uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire on the 19th. Oh. What if you run out of money? Can you put your clothes up for risk? Yeah, I mean, anything you can... If at any time you're losing, you, you're, I potentially uh, have the potential to lose or gain value uh, in some sort of gaming fashion, then I believe that is uh, considered gambling. So I believe that would still qualify you. Right. I had one other quick comment. I, I forget if it was the last caller or the caller before that was talking about, um, you know, the way China treats Tibet. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but look the way we treat uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And when I mean, you say we, you mean the federal government, because I don't treat right, them out right. in any way. Well, yeah, form. exactly. You, you, you know where I'm trying to come from. Here. I, I got mean, you, man. I got you. And and, and uh, where's the protest and the outrage for that? Well, yeah, where are the damn you know? protests? I mean, there were some anti-war protests early on, but I. I don't really seem like they're. I, mean, I guess they do have one every Saturday here in Keene. There's a teeny little protest down at the uh, the Central Square here, but but well, as far as nationwide anti-war protests, where'd they go? They all dried up. Maybe yeah. maybe well, they're just not reporting yeah, that, on them. That, that's a good question, Ian. Also, um, you know, um, I, I I've seen some of the fake media. You know, with all the Tibetans kicking and raising hell, none of them looked like they were starving or anything. I mean, are these the Tibetans in Tibet or the Tibetans in America? Well, the Tibetans in Tibet. Was are there allegations I, that they're starve that they're supposed to be starving? I don't honestly know much about the situation, so I. Well, I'm I just really... wondering um, why, why are they really pissed off? Is I mean because. Well, didn't China over... go in there and kick out the Dalai Lama, basically? Yeah, years they, invade, ago? they were invaded and uh, conquered. Yeah, yeah, that could piss you off. Yeah, well, you know, that's like well, German. You know, you know. Our, our rights are being invaded and conquered every day. I mean, ah, but it's by the, our own government, Jeremy. So that makes it all okay. It's, Thanks for the call. They, they're flying the flag, so it's all right. <laughs> 800-259-9231. By the way, I'm being facetious there. Oh, in glory. In case you didn't pick up on that. Uh, let's continue with the calls. Kevin in Minnesota, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys, it's been a while. How are you doing? What's on your Good, mind, sir? Kevin? Uh, what's on my mind? Um, Jesse Ventura. Jesse the body Ventura. Well, I call him Jesse the trader. And can you guys hear me? Because you guys are really quiet on your uh, side. You sound fine. You sound uh, great here. Something behind the uh, the scenes, I suppose. Go ahead and make okay. your point. We can hear you. Um, well, as as you guys might remember and might not, but with my calls I've shared with you of how I have the alleged Gulf War illness, and I'm from the state of Minnesota. Ah. And when I first learned of Gulf War illness, and I tried to bring about awareness about Gulf War illness to everybody, 
Jesse, the body Ventura, had a radio show, and he brought up Gulf War illness, and I took it as an opportunity to send him plenty of information and videotapes pertaining Gulf War illness and the 20,000 veterans at the time that have died Mm -hmm. and the over 300,000 veterans that were sick and dying, and he brought up this whole story of when I was in the military, we had Agent Orange and the Vietnam vets, and when I was a SEAL, which he wasn't, um, and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, I'm all on board with you, brother. As a vet, we need to stick together. Then he became the mayor of Brooklyn Park, and the people of Brooklyn Park, as soon as he got into office, were a little excited. They thought he was going to be a, a rabble-rouser and a, and a rogue, and yet, as soon as he got into office, they couldn't wait for him to get out of office. As I recall, that's what happened at the state level, too, was right, he and <laughs> made, a, made a play for office as an independent, and he talked a good game about uh, you know some sort of liberty-friendly ideas. He wasn't a libertarian, and nor did he claim to be, but he certainly was better than the other two choices, and he was uh, and then proceeded to, you know, govern just like a Republican or Democrat would in that he uh, helped increase the size of government and didn't really do anything uh, unusually different in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. He became governor, made a lot of promises to a lot of college students, and after his acceptance and stuff, he came to the University of Minnesota, which I crashed and made a scene and asked him about Gulf War illness and what is he was going to do for the veterans of Minnesota, and he claimed not to know anything about it, and I brought him another packet of information, and he at first wouldn't take it, but the rest of the crowd yelled at him to take it, and he took it with a little glint in his eye towards me, and uh, then this continued on where I kept trying to correspond with him. Well, then I got to the point of where I wanted to do a big wheelchair ride across the state of Minnesota in my wheelchair, 270 miles. Hmm. I, I sent him letters and certified copies, and I got the impression that he was going to meet me at the end of the ride on the Capitol. I show up at the Capitol. He's not there. Ironically, sort of persona non grata there with old Jesse, huh? Right, and ironically, he was out signing books and doing a book tour. Which is what he's doing right now. He's got another book that he's out uh, promoting, and he's ma- you know he's talking a good game again, talking well, about this, revolution and stuff. And uh, This is what I wanted to bring up. Yes, quickly. Go ahead. Okay, he, he's bringing up this whole thing about how he has questions about 9-11 and how he wish he would have said something when the 3,000 people periled in 9-11, and he, he wish he would have said something when he had more power, which he didn't, which means he was a coward. Yet he was a coward back when we were trying to get him to say something about Gulf War illness. So this man is a snake in the grass. He will talk the talk when it has something to do with his own ego and his own pocket. Sure, he's a politician. And I'm glad you pointed that out. And what's he, what is he doing? He's selling a book. Selling That's why he's book. talking so tough. Thanks for the call, dude. We Have appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Oh, it's so funny, Mark. I saw a clip of uh, Jesse uh, on the Sean Hannity show. Not uh, Sean Hannity, but Hannity and Combs. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Jesse talking about revolution and, you know, less government and lower taxes. And then Sean Hannity starts saying, yeah, revolution, yeah. So, like... The idea that Sean Hannity in any way, right. shape, or form wants to change He's the a revolutionary. status quo. It was just ludicrous to watch it happen. 800. Yeah, that's a revolution. Let's get the Republicans in power. Yeah. <laughs> 800. We've had that revolution. It sucked. We've had the Democrat revolution, too. It stinks, too. Yeah. Let's stop revolving and evolve into a voluntary society. I think that would be nice. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, bring up anything, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and you can grab archives. An entire year's worth of the show is on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. I used it. It is fast and easy. As we continue with your calls, we go to Osborne in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Guys. Hey. Guys, I have a huge problem over here, and I'm hoping you can help me out. Oh, dear God. Right, what's going on? See, I I have a trade deficit with Amazon.freetalklive.com. <laughs> What's that mean? Well, don't you, doesn't that mean that Amazon's going to grow large and overtake your country? Um, I don't know what it's going to mean, but I, all I know is every week I buy DVDs, books, CDs, uh, children's toys, even macaroni and cheese, mm. and and they don't buy anything from me. Oh my goodness! How can it, it's, you survive? It's absurd. I mean, the, the, uh, all these jobs. Think of all these jobs that I'm shipping from myself to them. I mean, I, I, sh- I could be calling all of these producers and manufacturers myself and negotiating prices and, and shipping. And instead, I'm shipping those jobs to Amazon. Mm. Isn't that terrible? No. I mean, what am I going to do? It's how the system works. And, uh, you know, it, it's good. that's how the free market works. And it's a good thing. However, what countries do is they, they, you know, politicians will pit us against one another. And they'll say, you people with the red, white, and blue flag over there, you should be scared of the people with the red and yellow flag over there. They're bad and different than you are. Jason? That is exactly correct. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, my point is that this notion of the trade deficit is probably one of the most absurd uh, topics in all of economics. And it is you, a- absolutely meaningless. And uh, just to give a little credibility, you have a Ph.D. in economics, unlike, well, anybody else that's called tonight. Uh, that may be true. Yeah. Yeah, what about right. Hong Kong, Jason? I mean, you know, this is a, the Hong Kong, a country that's essentially built on a rock. I mean, they have absolutely no natural resources whatsoever with which to uh, export anything uh, of a natural basis, but yet they've managed to uh, to really turn themselves into a booming, almost uh, free market economy. Not not totally free, but certainly uh, they've got more economic freedom than even we do. Sure. It's amazing what the market can do. There you go. And any time that you are involved in voluntary trade with another entity, uh, you are made better off, and they are made better off. It is true, and the more the the more options we have uh, as far as whom we can trade with, the better off we are as well, because then there are more competitors, more choices in the marketplace, more options, meaning uh, you know life is better because of that. Yes, restricting choice every time is the wrong. Idea. It's also un American. Thanks for the call tonight, Osborne. We appreciate it. 800 259 9231. Of course, he was responding in case you're 
I don't know if that call was earlier this hour or was it last hour. No. But he was responding to a guy that was, oh, bemoaning the idea that we buy products from places like China and we need to shut down trade to, to China. In fact, why don't we just shut down trade to everywhere else? How about that? Right. And Let's when just isolate ourselves When you're labeling completely. some business guy in the, the, the landmass called China as bad and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, saying that we can't do business with him because he happens to be in that landmass, then you're sort of labeling everybody with these governments and then saying that the, the Chinese people are bad and, uh, you know... Which is absurd. You're, you're, you're uh, making them responsible for Tiananmen Square and uh, Right, that Tibet. was the Chinese government that was responsible for that. The government people are bad. Right, they the don't Chinese produce anything people, either. The they Chinese, don't have... The, gover- the, the Chinese government doesn't have any factories. The Chinese people are good people just like regular Americans are good people, just like anybody around the world on average is a good person. It's the people in government that are doing the bad, awful things. Sometimes to their own people, sometimes to people in other countries. It's the government people that you should be blaming and you should be upset at. Not the poor Chinese farmer or the poor person just trying to make a few bucks in some, uh, some factory over there. Those aren't the bad guys. They're not doing anything wrong. Let's continue with your calls. Bring up what you want. Josh in Nev- Oh, Josh is gone. Let's try Vince in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Hey, hey super. What's on your mind? Hey, I got one for you here. It's uh, the official ex-cop acted alone in warning suspects. It's a former IMPD officer. He faces five years for tipping off targets about a drug raid. Hmm. Oh, that's a shame. He pleaded guilty Friday to unlawfully disclosing the contents of federally authorized wiretaps. That's the only time they go after those guys, isn't it? You know, when when they're undermining the operations of the police. You put the police department in jeopardy, or the police operations in jeopardy, then they're going to throw the book at you. But any time a cop murders somebody when he's working for the department, then they protect him. But if you put the department's little program in jeopardy, then they go after you. See how it is? Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, I want to tell you, um, you know, the, the tax revolt we had supposedly put a new mayor in and get the reassessment. Yeah. Oh, guess what? More of the same? The new mayor effed you over. Yes. We, we, we all faced increases. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's when you try. That's what happens when you think you can solve your problems through the political system, or that some new candidate is going to come along and change everything. Vince, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, I love this, you know, the cynical laugh there. Yes, that's just how it is. You can't, you can't change the system. Okay, yeah, there might be a couple of good guys out there running for office. I believe that, but is anything fundamentally going to change, even if they happen to get elected? Please. Look at the trends. People have been for years making the same old promises. Elect me and I'll change this. Smaller Elect government. The big changes are coming here. We're Tell me where the smaller guys. government is. Yeah. You know, these Republicans have been talking about smaller government for years. I mean, the, the uh, in New Hampshire, they claim to be small government Republicans. As a matter of fact, they've, uh, it's been uh, over 100 years since, since uh, we've had Democrats in, um, running the House, the Senate, and the governorship here in New Hampshire. But, you know, in 2006, they decided to overthrow the Republicans because they know that they're full of crap. 
And what did they get? Bigger government. Yeah, they got more government. But if they kept the Republicans in, they'd still have bigger government. More government. It just you know. So take your pick. Do you want bigger government version A or bigger government version B? Because that's what you have to choose from in the world of politics. I choose none of the above. I choose the marketplace and coming up with some uh, original ways, including civil disobedience, to actually resist this system. And not necessarily even resist it, but to build our own competing system. I think that's what we need to see happen. We need to see people, the, hopefully with some capital, to come, to come, for instance, to New Hampshire and invest in some sort of competing industry. Go out and fix the roads on your own and figure out a way to make money at it. Probably you're going to have to break the law to do it, because probably some law that says only the government can fix its own roads. But uh, that's what we need to see happen, is the marketplace to come in and say, look, we can do this better, we can do it cheaper, stop paying those guys, the gangsters, and start giving us money, we'll fix your roads for you. Just an idea. Just one of the uh, many ideas that we need to start brainstorming, and we need to start thinking about as far as how we can transition from this coercive government that we have to some sort of voluntary order. Most of society is voluntary. Most of society is good. In fact, well-being surrounds us. Most of your day goes very smoothly, most of the time. The news that you hear out there that's so negative is negative because it's newsworthy because it hardly ever happens. And well, because people because people listen to that crap too. I don't listen to the local news. I try to stay the heck away from that because, well, for one, it's in uh, it's about places that I don't live. Um, mm-hmm. I don't live in Boston, and uh, yeah, there's people killing each other in Boston. Sure, doesn't have What's anything new? to do with me. Yeah, people uh, been killing each other for a long time. I just think it. Uh, I just think it. It's awful. It's just going to bring you down. What's yeah. the point? What's the point in subjecting yourself to it? 1-800-259-9231. So we can have success, and it's already beginning here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Uh, you know what? I was wrong. Uh, we do still have Josh on the line. We're getting to him coming up here and your calls as well. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for you if you dial in now. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, do what Osborne does. He called earlier telling us all the products and services he purchases from Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You, too, can buy things from Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. I, uh, today, went and bought a USB extension cable. I need to extend my USB a little further than it goes. I got a six-foot cable for like four bucks or something like that. Uh, So it was much cheaper than if I'd gone to Circuit City or even Walmart. Uh, So Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, even with the shipping, it was cheaper than, uh, than Walmart. Really? So you can get anything. Uh, 41 categories of products. Pretty much whatever is for sale in the world. Seems like Amazon sells it. I understand I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but really, they've got a lot of products. And the uh, brand names you know. And the customer service is awesome. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. If you enter through that link, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Let's go to your phone calls. Josh, waiting patiently in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Josh. Hello, Mark and Ian. Hello. Um, I would like to thank you for single-handedly ruining my TV viewing enjoyment. How's that? <laughs> I, since I've been listening to the show for about six months now, occasionally I used to like to watch the cop shows. Oh. Well, recently they've been having that DEA show on uh, Spike TV. 
Oh, yeah, gross. Someone called about that earlier tonight. Sounds awful. So, so you like when you say cops, you mean in fact the cops shows. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so recently I started watching that DA show because it was you know on, and after about five minutes, I just got sick. You know, now realizing you know what everybody's going through when these DA agents kick through the door. It is right. sickening. Right, realizing that the people's doors they're kicking in are not Pablo Escobar or some, you know, violent thug. Nine times out of ten, people selling drugs are just A, trying to support their own habit, or B, they're just businessmen trying to make a buck. Uh, so these aren't people that are hurting others. They're doing business on a voluntary basis, unlike those thugs kicking in their door. Well, that, that is true. Um, one more quick thing is I had to bring up something on the chemtrails. Oh, no. Now, I'm not a it? believer in chemtrails, okay. but I think I've done some research here, and it's not the government that's doing it. It is, is the it? aliens, and here's the reason why. <laughs> now, the aliens are always landing in the backwood places in Missouri and stuff. Yeah. And the and people that see them farmers. never believe them. And what? Right? And no one will ever believe them because they're crackpots. Right. Yeah. Well, now these aliens are spraying major cities. So that way, when they do their big invasion landing, no one will believe them. Why would, they, all these people. why would they not believe them because they're spraying? I don't understand that. that's what the chemical does. It, it makes it so yeah. you can't see them land. Is that right? It makes them conspiracy theorists. I see. Hmm. Interesting. It makes them doubt everything. Very and good. So is it, the, is it the people that are calling in about the chemtrails? Are those the ones that the aliens are going to land and they're going to see them? That is correct. Are they going to be probed? I hope so. Well, it yeah. wouldn't be fun without the probing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. everybody needs a good probing, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. Oh, oh, no. He's gone. He's well, just, yeah. just he's, he's still there. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, okay. And I, I've come up with a way to help Free Talk Live using just a little talent I do have. Okay. I am going to upload it as soon as I'm finished. I am making a press badge yes. for any Free Talk Live person that can download. You just add your image to it and decide what you want to be, a reporter, investigative reporter, journalist, and you can take it with you whenever you're videotaping them. I think it's a brilliant idea. Make sure that you do two things with it. Uh, one, post it on the BBS. Two, yes. post it on the wiki, the wiki as well. Yeah. Because if you post it on the BBS, and it'll just you know end up down page after page after page. It'll be buried. But on the wiki, it can, it can stay permanently, and it won't be buried anywhere. So I would recommend that. And uh, excellent, sir. Thank you very much for the call tonight. We appreciate it. I love it when our listeners uh, get creative like that, because I, I know they're certainly more creative than I am. I'm just a talk show host. And busy. <laughs> Let's continue with Larry in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Larry. Yes. Yes. Uh, first off, I disagree with you totally on free trade. Okay. You disagree? You think we should not have free trade? Well, how can you classify free trade... When you have some poor Chinese laborer in a factory, happen to make this... Whoa, 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 slow down before you go on. Do they have to make it, or did they choose to work in the factory? Well, if there's no other jobs, I guess they'd probably choose to work in the factory. Well, so there are other jobs. So it's the best oh, job. there are other jobs. Yeah, there are other factory jobs and other sales no, no, jobs. No, 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 no. They're not other jobs. Have their you been whole to China? Damn econ- Wait a minute. Their whole economy 
is making toys for us. Okay, so they so they have a lot of manufacturing jobs in China. It is a very large landmass, and people are generally prescribed by zip codes. Uh, no, most of their jobs are agricultural and manufacturing. He's 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 absolutely correct. But their there. economy is expanding. I mean, it's getting much more sure. So, but I don't diverse. think for a second that a person is required to take a factory job. Do you think that they're holding guns to their heads? Uh, no, but there are death squads over there that harvest body parts. Death squads. Well, there are death harvesting. squads in the United States. They call themselves a SWAT team, sir. We talked about one earlier attacking a man in his uh, in his home. What's your point, anyway? Well, I I don't believe that you can compare some Chinese factory worker making a few cents, a few cents an hour, uh-huh. <laughs> owned by our corporations. Basically, right? No, most of the Chinese whoa, whoa, companies whoa, whoa. are Chinese companies. Yeah, I mean they're employed by our corporations, but they're contracted. I mean they they contract yeah, contracted. To, to build that's, things. That's, that's a better term. They're contracted by our corporations, okay? Uh-huh. And then our corporations send it back. Well, I don't say it. Let's say the multinational corporations send it back to the consumer here in America, and we pay less and save money. <laughs> What part but of all the bad? jobs that they're making, these little trinkets, at one time used to be made here. So we made trinkets here, and now they make trinkets there. We don't there. make anything. I don't know what papers you people read, but there are, you know, Fords laying off 45000 so uh, GM 75000 You have the big uh, brokerage firms laying off tens of thousands. Have now, you looked in the newspaper? Have you seen the classified ads? They're I, yes, I look in the newspaper all the time. Can you read but it? You're not having twenty-five dollar an hour factory jobs anymore, gentlemen. That's you're having service bad. jobs. That's because we've regulated. We've allowed the government to regulate the hell out of our business and made us uncompetitive, sir. Yeah, I mean, you, do you propose to force people to uh, to buy products that are uncompetitive? Do you want to bring every single job? Do you, do you propose that we just stop trade entirely with all other countries and only do the jobs that uh, you know that, that manufacturing jobs here in the United States, all kinds of jobs here in the United no, States? No, I'd say let's jack up the tariffs. Well, it, and and therefore jacking up the tariffs so high that it only makes sense to have jobs in the United States. Thank you. Do you think that makes sense? Thank you. Well, that's a really crappy idea, and I what prefer. What do you mean crappy? What the hell do you think this country functioned on for the before the IRS and the freedom, sir? Look, man, there used to be guys called blacksmiths. There's progress out there, my friend. Things change. We're not a manufacturing compa- uh, country anymore. The country functioned on freedom, where you had the freedom to choose how to do business and whom to do business with. And you're talking about taking all that away to protect some precious factory job, which we don't need, because they're doing it in other countries, and there's no shortage of jobs here. There are plenty of jobs in this country, sir. Living in a fantasy land. By the way, we didn't hang up on him. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Well, go I ahead. don't know what the hell you're talking about. You well, have you, talking have about? you looked in Detroit? Half the town of Detroit no longer exists. Well, for one thing, it's freaking cold there, well, man. No, no, I mean, no, so no, once, some, once somebody loses their big-time union, uh, you know, sponsored job there, yeah, they say to themselves, you know what, I think I'm going to move to Florida. It's well, warmer. and also the Detroit government is a huge city the government. The Detroit that, government, the Chicago, the Seattle, they're all big. That's this right. Is, the and point all of awful. the matter is all the jobs that held this nation together 
have been exported. Is the nation now falling apart? Ludicrous. Yeah, I'd say it's falling apart. Which part is falling apart? Well, I don't know. Let's say that we got $570 trillion of outstanding derivatives. I'd say that. How about we have $52 trillion of unfunded government liability? Wait, wait, wait. Who has the outstanding derivatives? All the major banks, that's who. Right, well, so, so there's some companies out there that, uh, that, that are making investments in commodities, and they're, there's, you know, I'll admit to you, derivatives, derivatives are not like are... gambling, but I made a lot of money in derivatives. <laughs> oh, I made a lot of money. I'm talking about people holding these derivatives are being bundled, they're bundled up, they're speculation on speculation. Here's what I want to know, Larry, if uh, if I decide, if you get your way and we've got all these tariffs and I uh, go ahead and I just make a deal with somebody in, in China and somehow manage to get around the tariffs, what will you do to me? Fine. What will you do if I don't pay the fine? Hmm? <laughs> hmm? You got ten uh, seconds to answer, Larry. What will you do if I don't pay your fine? Well, if you broke the law, you'd have to do the time then. I guess you're a sick sociopath, you sicko. Get off my phones. It's Benny in here with you. I suppose he'd shoot you if you didn't want to go. I bet you he would. He's twisted. We like freedom, and we'll keep liking freedom. More on the way tomorrow night. Join us then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And be free, everybody. The Cynic says... I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The Believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Evacor and receive Boost just for trying Evacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.